Happy Rin. I'm eating Biscoff cookies. Nice. Yeah. I'm drinking Dutchies. So I'm, no, I'm Rin. And I'm Tammy. And this is... I love a good rabbit hole. Good times. Um, so I just saw my first Karen situation. Mm. Real life Karen situation. I was so excited about it. <laughs> we were waiting in line to uh, get Dutch Brothers before picking Darian up from mm-hmm. work. And there's like 10 cars behind us. And like it's it's a two entryway Dutch Brothers so there's like five cars one way and there's like eight cars behind us and there was two cars in front of us and out of nowhere this tiny little black car comes zooming in and cuts everybody off and gets in line oh we were like uh what the hell just happened this woman that was two cars in front of us was like oh hell no this is not what we're doing today she got out and she first went to one of the dutch brothers workers and told them not to serve her And these girls sitting in the car thought that it was just absolutely hysterical. They were laughing and dancing, acting a damn fool. And then she gets back in her car. Then she gets back out of her car and goes over and starts yelling in the face of this girl who's driving about how wrong she is, how everybody's been waiting, how she's not going to be served. And like just straight up in her face. And I was like, holy crap. And then she went and stood in front of her car so she couldn't pull forward kept telling her to get out of the line and that she was wrong, that she shouldn't be allowed to do it. Everybody's honking. They're flipping this girl off. Everybody was pissed. And the woman literally is like, go ahead and pull forward and hit me. She's like, you're screwed if you hit me. And the girls are like, oh my God, a whole bunch of Dutch brothers employees had to go out there and try to talk these people down. And it just wasn't working. And then um, the girl went to back up and the lady was like, that's right. Keep backing up. Keep backing up. And it completely shut down one lane of traffic because this girl was kind of cattywampus in there. So nobody could get out, but nobody could get in. And it was like, oh my God. And this woman's like, go ahead. Keep backing up. Keep backing up. Like we were applauding this woman because she was standing up for what was right. That was completely wrong of them. And every time the woman walked away from their window, they were just jacking their jaws at her, screaming, cussing, throwing hands, blah, blah, blah. And then as soon as she'd go back to the window, I was like, what'd you say? They'd roll up the window. It's like, you little chicken shits. <laughs> you little. So finally, we got them to where like they backed up and then they pull forward and they hit the lady. They didn't hurt her, but they hit her with her car. Oh, my we're gosh. Like, we're witnesses. We saw it. You totally struck her. She's like. She's standing in front of my car. We were like, you shouldn't even fucking be there in the first place. Sorry, Heather. So then we eventually got around and we heard sirens. And the next thing we know, two police cars were there. <laughs> we're like, Adve- Adventures in Dutch Brothers. Yeah. Saw my first ever Karen. I, w- I was really nice. excited. I was like, Karen's in the wild. <laughs> wow. That is, I mean, somebody yeah. wanted them, somebody needed coffee because they were just not in a mood. Yeah. And like, we could hear the lady who was like standing up for everybody around us. She's like, yes, it's that important because little princesses like this do not get what they think they deserve. They do not get to win at life just because they think they can. We are like, yes, it's coffee, but I mean, it's also courtesy. Don't be Every now and then the universe is going to hit you back with your karma. Yeah. And, and they got karma. They didn't get duchies. Neither did the lady that stood up for the rights, but they, they both had to, they were both asked to leave, I believe. Oh, so, 
Yeah. I'm like, that lady deserves a freaking medal. She deserves a free Dutch Brothers. <laughs> so that was my afternoon. Um, Mine wasn't as exciting. <laughs> I was trying to think if there was something exciting, but there really wasn't. I started thinking about all these things that interest me. And then, like, my brain got overloaded. So I just did a uh, treatment and took a nap. Oh, that's nice. Sorry yeah. for a second. There wobble, we go. wobble, wobble. Sorry. All right. Thanks, my mic. So today I am drinking Zoa Tropical Punch. It's Zoa, pretty, huh? It's in a pretty blue can. It is. I also put on some fake press-on holiday nails. I went and got a manicure yesterday. So you did. Yeah. Mindy decided we needed some time. So we went and got our nails done and went to lunch. A little complicated to do with fake nails. <laughs> Try not to pop They're, them off. One of my employees, Chloe, she always, she gets, uh, she calls them jelly nails because they look, they look like the color is all the way through. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about getting your nails done. So, but she usually gets two different colors. And she gets, like, the brightest color. She gets, like, bright orange and bright green and bright yellow and bright blue and bright pink. And, but she she usually got stilettos. And I'm just like, how the fuck do you type? Sorry, Heather. Nah. We only have to say sorry, Heather, once. The first fuck. After that, all, all fucks are forgiven. Okay. Uh, I'm but the like, same way. Yeah, she just has these, like, giant talons. And I'm just like, you know, most people are like, how do they wipe their ass? I don't give a fuck how they wipe their ass. I want to know how they text. <laughs> Type. <laughs> Type? Pick their nose? Scratch their ear? Button their pants? I tried doing stilettos once. Once. <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> I can't. during. But then, like, during the, the winter, I guess, she gets, like, um, lo- still long, but square tips, not stilettos. Mm-hmm. Like, all of the women in my department, like, all the management... They all get, like, big old acrylics on. And I'm just like, I don't know how you can do that. Like, this is as long as I can go. Mm-hmm. Anything longer than this and I will lose my mind. But I yeah, really like this. Way. I like this set because it has a little gem on it. That's cute. And then, like, the little With the tree. little mistletoe and the holly. Yeah. And the little tree. Those are cute. Yeah. I, I like them. I mean, they, they don't, they're always like, oh, yeah, salon quality lasts up to seven days. Bullshit. Yeah, they totally don't. Like two days, maybe. Yeah. I have found some fake nails that last a little bit longer, um, but they're they're like $10 for a package. And I mean, I'm fine with spending $5 for a package of nails. Hmm. It's just my actual nails right now are just so short, like just so short. Yeah, like my anxiety is through the roof, so I've been shredding the crap out of my cuticles. I don't bite my nails anymore, but I chew the hell out of my cuticles. Doesn't that like, hurt? Like crazy. Like I'll I'll like at one point in time I had my cuticle torn like all the way back to here. Oh by my first knuckle. I'm bleeding like that, a stuck pig. And I'm still That chewing. reminds me. <laughs> that reminds me of the one cartoon from Spike and Mike's Sick and Twisted Cartoon Festival where they showed a guy who had a hangnail and he started biting on it and then he ripped all the way down his arm. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's literally what it feels like. It is it really horrendous. is. Yeah, and then your cuticle hurts all the way back into your wrist for like the next four days. Mm-hmm. 
because you basically have an open wound around your fingernails and it feels so nice. Mm. Let me get the cookies into my cheeks. Um, <laughs> I was the last cookie, I swear. I, I don't have an entire bag sitting next to me. Okay. <laughs> it's my lunch. Um, I don't remember what I was going to say. God, I hate that. I know, like you have like this, and I bet it has a medical term of some sort. And like you're sitting there and you're like, and then at, <laughs> like I've had that happen to me in so like in a meeting or something, you know, I'll get asked a question and I'll be like, yeah. And I'll start to respond and I'll be like, yep. In the middle of your uh, sentence, you're like, shit, what was I going to say? Right. And I'm like, <laughs> I mean, my boss already thinks I'm a blithering idiot. So, you know, just throw on top of it just how much nice. he thinks I'm stupid. Um, little. Well, he's wrong because you're not. Little human. Ren's boss, she's not stupid. No, I'm not. Um, <laughs> although my team now is down to five team members from 12. Oy. I've had two people quit the company. No, three people quit the company. Um, and one person go to another department. And then um, I have one person on maternity leave and then another person who's going on a leave of absence. Mm, so I will, so for December I'm gonna have five team members. Good times. Yeah. Although actually no, I have four new team members starting on the twentieth, but they won't get their books and stuff until like December. But so for this month I have like five team members. Nicely. Yeah. It's good times. Yeah. Sounds like it. <laughs> Alrighty. So. So what? Do you, what do you? So. Hey, folks, I was supposed to have the story today, but due to ADHD brain um, and uh, hyperfixation of nothing, I have nothing. I'm sorry. I do. She does, though. Thank God. <laughs> but wait, there's more. Also, so uh, do apologize that we did not post anything this past week. Um, we are we only have so many in our hopper as uh, my husband likes to call it. And I kind of wanted to get a little bit of a stockpile. So we are just going to skip last week and just pretend it didn't happen. Okay. <laughs> so I'm also going to do research later this week on another topic. Just uh, I need in to case find a topic. you feel like we need to do like a double on Sunday since Thanksgiving. Well, I have Tuesday and Thursday off. Well, so nice. I will be able to do some research on those days, provided that I don't just become a vegetable. A yeah. Um, I've been vegetabling a lot lately. Mm. Mm-hmm. Not good. Nope, not good. It's okay. Mental health, it's a bitch. But it's so important. I actually had to crawl up the backside of my doctor because she puts me on this stupid-ass drug that raises my blood pressure to dangerous levels. Wow. Me, where I got to spend nine hours in an emergency room two weeks ago. Oh, from fun. my blood yeah. Everybody and loves hanging out in the ER. It's a medicine that you are supposed to take meticulously and not skip a dose. Mm. And she lets me run out of it for four days. Ah, well, I mean, you're not supposed to like just straight up stop any mental health meds because that can just like yeah. send yeah. you over the deep side. Yeah. So I just got my lithium back today. Oh, well, if you need extra lithium, let me know. I can send it to you. I have like two <laughs> bottles. Because my no, doctor prescribed I'm, it to me and I never took it. I'm, I'm good. 
I'm good. I definitely felt the difference when I was taking it, like after the buildup besides the blood pressure issues, like I was feeling really good, really good. And then, yeah. But did you die? I did not die. Well, neither did the people in the stories I'm going to tell you about. I took a book from uh, the pages of I Survived, the TV show. Um, And I found some very interesting stories about people surviving unsurvivable stuff. (laughs) So that's what we're going to talk about today. And that is a good way to get through the holidays. Did you survive? But did you die? (laughs) No. Did you survive? (laughs) Because... Sometimes okay, hanging so, out with family is uh, right? brutal. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my references are Wikipedia, the History Channel, and Reader's Digest. Um, but we're starting off with a quote from the great and powerful Matt, my boyfriend, um, who said that it amazes me how easy it is to kill somebody, but equally amazing how easy it is to not kill somebody. <laughs> mm. Very true, Matt. Yeah, it's completely true. That ranks right up there with uh, wise man said, never play leapfrog with a unicorn. Yeah, it always ends badly for you. Never the unicorn, but you. I don't know. I mean, does the unicorn really want somebody's ass on their horn? Yeah, good point. Valid. Really, it it sucks either way. It's a pain in the ass no matter how you look at it. (laughs) Pun intended. um, Okay. So we're going to start off with Mauro Prosperi. He is an Italian police officer who gained worldwide fame after getting lost in the Sahara Desert in 1994. A keen athlete and long-distance runner, Mauro took part in the 1994 Marathon of the Sands in Morocco, a six-day-long endurance race in one of the driest and barren environments on the planet. I'm going to automatically just say nope. I don't like the heat. I'm, I'm not... I would not. I don't okay. like sand in my shoes, so right? that's a hard pass. You're seriously running through a hundred plus degree desert for six days. Bitch, be crazy. Um, during the race, a sandstorm caused Prosperi, then 39 years old, married and father of three children, to become disoriented and lose his way. One day, after going off track, he found himself in an abandoned mausoleum shrine in Algeria. In order to survive, he killed and ate bats. I guess I should have done a trigger warning. There's a lot of stuff that is unpleasant that we're going to talk about in this. Um, Eating of wild animals and drinking of one's own urine. So, (laughs) sorry, I forgot to do the trigger warning. Um, But for fluid, he was forced to drink his own urine, lick dew off of the rocks, and suck moisture out of his wet wipes. Assuming he would never be found... He slit his own wrists with a penknife from his supplies. However, it was such a dry heat that the wounds clotted and he was forced to go back into the desert and attempt to find help for nine days. Here's my thing. When you're doing a race that big, there are people all along the marathon track. All along. How the hell did this guy go missing for nine days? Do you really want to go stand out in the middle of the Sahara and cheer on some people running? No. No, I would not. But, I mean, you'd think that if you go for a race like this, you have to register. And if you didn't show up. But this is in a foreign country. They might not have the same regulations that the United States have to the point of that we literally put Band-Aids on everything. Okay. Valid point. Valid point. 
Okay, so for nine days, he walked through the desert and ate insects and reptiles. Finally, he found a small village. From there, he was flown to a hospital where doctors said his liver had almost completely failed. Having traveled 180 miles in all, Prosperi lost 35 pounds in body weight during his ordeal in the desert. It took several months before he could eat solid food again, but he has remained an enthusiastic runner and even returned and completed the race in 2012. Fucking idiot. That is like, oh, he's so admirable. No, he's a fucking idiot. (laughs) Moron, you almost lost your damn life the first time around. You're going to turn around and tempt fate? Did you bring a compass? A compass, a map, and a walkie, <laughs> cell phone, a sat phone, that so, can tell. Yeah. water, <laughs> right? A camel pack, <laughs> something. All right. So this one is Jose Salvador Alvarenga is a Salvadorian fisherman who spent thirteen months adrift at sea. Oh Jesus, that makes me queasy just hearing it. <laughs> Like, are you kidding me? Like, I literally, I felt my stomach go. (laughs) (laughs) Nope. Not on the waves. Not on the waves, Rin. It's okay. (laughs) You're safe in Indiana. (laughs) No, it doesn't matter, man. Like, I go down to my in-laws' boat, and I'm just like, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Mm -mm. Like, my tummy is not meant to do light bobbing. Gonna go ahead and leave that, that sound, one alone. Yeah, that one sounded <laughs> yeah, really weird. Leave it alone. Leave it alone. Okay. So um he is the first person in recorded history to have survived in a small boat at sea for more than a year. So I, I don't know if they have like a excuse me, uh what's it called? Guinness Book of World Records for longest people surviving at sea, but if they did, this dude holds the record. Generally, the Guinness Book of World Record removes any sort of record-breaking thing that could possibly be dangerous to an individual's life. Like the one woman who holds the world record for staying awake for like 12 days or something like that. Like they, or for being in a rocking chair or something, they they took it out because um, because it's life-threatening. Huh, interesting. So Didn't the record can never be broken. Oh, well, there you go. This one probably won't either. Um, On November 17th, 2012, Alvarenga set off on a professional fishing trip with a young fisherman named Ezekiel Cordoba, with whom he had never worked. Having embarked from a fishing village on the Pacific coast of Mexico's southern Chiapas state, they planned to be out for about 30 hours hunting shark, tuna, and mahi-mahi. So how small could their boat have been if they were hunting? I mean... Because tuna is huge, sharks are big, and so are mahi-mahi. It'd be a fishing boat. It'd be a fishing boat. But not like like one of those massive fishing, like, ships. Like a fishing trawler. Like a a smaller one, right? Okay. Yeah. Kind of about the size of a tugboat. Because at first when I read it, I was like, um, he spent 13 months in a dinghy, but he was hunting for these big things. Yeah. Maybe he got off the fishing boat and onto a dinghy to like do something and like his friends were dicks. No. Um, Hmm. So they planned to be out 
for about 30 hours hunting shark tuna mahi-mahi. A few hours into their voyage, a storm struck that lasted five days, and it blew oh. them off course. Um, Alvarenga called his boss on the ship's radio for help, but it and much of the rest of the boat's electronics had been disabled by the storm. The boat's motor was also damaged. A search party was sent, but after two days with no success, their boss gave up and assumed they had drowned. Alone and without food or supplies, the two fishermen survived by eating raw fish, turtles, and jellyfish. They drank rainwater and turtle blood. As weeks turned to months, Cordoba became severely unwell from eating months of raw food and died. Alvarenga then endured another nine months alone at sea until he eventually sm- spotted a small island. Abandoning his boat and swimming to shore, he almost immediately met a local couple who alerted authorities he had reached the Marshall Islands. His journey lasted 438 days and his voyage is estimated to have covered between 5,500 to 6,700 miles. Could you oh imagine? No. I would have just hoped for death. Right? Serious. Like, I am, I am not one of those, like, <laughs> I'm a survivor kind of people. Like, I'm pretty sure that when faced with a life-threatening situation, I'm going to straight up possum that shit. <laughs> just gonna lay down and wait for it to come yep just like take me now please it's absolutely amazing what the human spirit can endure again it's really easy to kill somebody but it's not easy to kill somebody <laughs> kind of situation nah, man my human spirit's like rah rah night good night <laughs> rah rah there's no boom ba. i just want to die <laughs> yes just just kill me now please i don't want to be some heroic story Right. Of survival. Like, that's not in my repertoire. You see, like, I think of all places to be stuck, I think the ocean is probably one of the worst. Uh, like, yeah. If you think about, like, compared to the Sahara Desert, he had bugs. He could get water because every desert has water. All you have to do but is the ocean you're surrounded by water and you can't but have it's any not of it. Drinkable, exactly. And everything in it is trying to kill you. Right. So basically the ocean is Australia. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I mean, between the storm and the sun and the rain, and his boat was just adrift. I mean, that many miles, like thinking about the vastness of that, like right. confounds my mind. Yeah. We're not even looking for a needle in a haystack. We're looking for a specific needle in a stack of needles. That's what you're doing when you're looking in the ocean. Yeah. Like, cause it's just, it's so big. Yeah. And five days, the storm lasted and they only searched for him too. So, I mean, thinking about how far off course it could have been blown. And then you also have to wonder, like, If he was out in the Pacific, the Pacific is pretty large, but there are a lot of shipping lanes that go Mm -hmm. through the Pacific. How many boats do you think went by them or that they could see, but they couldn't hail because everything was shut down? How frustrating and scary would would that be? I assume that he had a flare gun. You would think, but again, it's it's an Argentinian boat, so maybe they don't have the same rules and regulations as America when you take Hmm. a boat out. That's nuts. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So, speaking of Australia, this one is, I I find, very, very interesting. Um, Where's it at? Hold on. 
I lost it. There it is. Okay. On January 23rd, 2006. And I, and I kind of find it funny that most of these stories happened, excuse me, happened like not that long ago. Wait, when did it happen? This one particularly happened in 2006. Uh, that's like, I know it's about what? Almost 12 years ago. No, no. Like 16 years ago. Yeah, 16, 17 years ago. But still, I mean, like, in the grand scheme of things, it's not like 20 or 30 years ago where technology wasn't nearly as up-to-date kind of situation. Anyway, January 23rd, 2006, a gentleman by the name of Ricky McGee, McGee was driving through the Australian outback on his way to a new job when he picked up a group of hitchhikers. The next thing he remembers is waking up in a shallow grave in the outback wilderness with dingoes scratching at the plastic wrap that covered him. Unable to locate his car and clueless about his exact whereabouts, McGee was forced to survive for 71 days in the rugged, perilous terrain. I could completely see being lost for 71 days in Australia. Because much like the Sahara, it's feckin' huge. Mm-hmm. And everything's trying to kill you. Um, he constructed a humpy, a basic form of shelter, using branches and leaves, and says he mainly lived off eating frogs, leeches, snakes, and again, drinking his own urine. At night, he barricaded his shelter with rocks to prevent dingoes from trying to eat him as he slept. Eventually, workers on a remote cattle ranch stumbled upon McGee, who had become skeletally thin, having lost more than 100 pounds. He was taken to a local hospital and treated for severe dehydration and malnutrition. What exactly happened to him remains a mystery. Authorities originally expressed skepticism about his story. He claimed the hitchhikers likely drugged him and his vehicle was never found. Wow. That's a very interesting story. It's, that's right up there with uh, one of those stories where like, you fell asleep and you woke up in a hotel bathroom in a bathtub full of ice and your kidney missing kind of right. story. Like, Wait a minute. What happened? Yeah. I don't know if that's like an urban legend or if that's actually something that happened to somebody. It's actually something that happened to somebody, but they can't prove any part of his story. All they know is this extremely thin guy comes stumbling out of the bush and is like, I need some help. And they were like, we got you. But I mean, 71 days and 100 pounds, that is catastrophic to a body. You know, it's a good thing that it was guys and not a female. Because we have a menstrual cycle that has yes. needs. And that would be terrible. Well, women for thousands of years survived without some of the stuff that we have today. Yep. Again, still possum. It, no, it would be die. terrible. <laughs> I, I don't have that issue anymore, luckily. <laughs> but I still don't think I would be able to survive losing 100 pounds in 71 days. That's just, it's not okay. Humans are not meant to do stuff like that. I would like to lose 100 pounds in 71 days. I would like to lose 100 pounds, but I definitely don't want to do it in 71 days at all. Excuse me, I have an itch in my eye. Okay. Okay. So this is the big story and one of the ones that I wanted to talk about the most because this story absolutely floors me. Absolutely floors me. And we're going to go back to aircraft. Hmm. On the 24th of December, Christmas Eve. Aw. Good times. Of 1971, just one day after she graduated. 
Hold on just a minute. Okay. Do, 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 do. Okay, her name's Julianne Kopke. Sorry, I forgot to put her first name in there when I was writing this. Okay, so on December 24th, 1971, just one day after she graduated, Julianne Kopke flew on lands of flight 508. Her mother Maria wanted to return to Panguana which I don't know where that's at. I I took it out and I don't know why I've really screwed this part of the story up. Okay. With Cupkey on the 19th or 20th of December in 1971, but Cupkey wanted to attend her graduation ceremony in Lima, Peru on the 23rd of December. Maria agreed and Juliana could stay longer. And instead they scheduled a flight for Christmas Eve. All flights were booked except for one with Lanza. Julianne's father, Hans Wilhelm, urged his wife to avoid flying with the airline due to its poor reputation. Nonetheless, the flight was booked. The plane was struck by lightning mid-flight and began to disintegrate before plummeting to the ground. Julianne found herself still strapped to her seat, falling 3,000 meters or 10,000 feet to the Amazon rainforest. Oh, so fuck me. She literally got a front row seat all the way down to the ground. Good times. Julianne survived the fall, but suffered injuries such as a broken collarbone, which, by the way, that shit hurts. And it's like the most worthless bone to break because, like, there's nothing they can do for it. Nope. No. Yeah, so you're going to be miserable. She got a deep cut on her right arm, an eye injury, and a concussion. She then spent 11 days in the rainforest, most of which were spent making her way through water by following a creek to a river. So smart baby girl. While in the jungle, she dealt with severe insect bites and an infestation. I am so sorry. I am so sorry. I am so sorry, but I have to say it. (laughs) An infestation of maggots in the cut in her right arm. Please don't vomit. After nine days, she was, are you going to be okay? Mm-mm. I'm so Mm-mm. sorry. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Yuck. Yeah, it's gross. After nine days, she was able to find an encampment that had been set up by local fishermen. She gave herself rudimentary first aid, which included pouring gasoline on her arm to force the maggots out of the wound. I'm sorry. I could, I could not. First Again, off, awesome, right? Dead. <laughs> this one, in pa- <laughs> this one in particular, I probably would be too. I'd be like, "That's it. Just fucking kill me." I'm dealing with venomous pythons and snakes and spiders while trudging through some of the filthiest water in the world following this river down to a bigger river, hoping that somebody's going to find me. And, oh, hey, by the way, I have an infestation of maggots in my right arm. Yuck, gross, so gross, so gross, so gross. I I would literally just pour the gasoline on myself and light myself on fire. Like, I don't want this arm anymore. Take it. I don't need it. Like, remember the story about the mostly harm harmless hiker? Yeah. Like, how he just kind of, like, curled up in a ball and died? Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be Rin. <laughs> Party of one. 
Um, so let's see. A few hours later, the returning fisherman found her and gave her proper first aid, used a canoe to transport her to a more inhabited area. She was soon airlifted to a hospital. Julianne's unlikely survival has been the subject of much, much speculation. Experts have said that she survived the fall because she was harnessed into her seat. The window seat, which was attached to the two seats to her left, is a part of a row of three. That was thought to have functioned as a parachute, which slowed her fall. The impact may have also been lessened by an updraft from a thunderstorm Julianne fell through. So not only did you fall 10,000 feet, you also fell through a thunderstorm. Good times. Um, right. as, well, as well as the thick foliage at her landing site. As many as 14 other passengers were later discovered to have survived the initial crash, but died while, died while waiting to be rescued. Oh, no. Stories such as these remind me of why it is so important for others to know your whereabouts when you're supposed to return and why you should always know where you are. Dispatchers have a saying, you may know where you are and God may know where you are, but if dispatch doesn't know where you are, you and God better be on good terms. <laughs> that is a hundred percent the truth. I don't know. I mean, I've got a horrible sense of direction, so I will get lost in a cardboard box. Me too. Um, like somebody starts talking to me, like giving directions with like East and West. I'm like, what? <laughs> Like deer into oncoming headlights. I'm like that dog meme of that like border collie or whatever that's like, huh? 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 <laughs> you're from Pendleton. We give directions like go down past the Smith's barn and take a left. Once you right. get to the Grange Hall, you need to take a right, go down right. two fields, and you'll find your destination. <laughs> if you hit the burger barn, you went too far. Exactly. <laughs> you're out of Pendleton. That is 100% true for Eastern Oregon. And, you know, if there's anybody out there that's from a small town, y'all, you know what we're talking about. You know, right? you know how to give directions. Exactly. <laughs> it's like there's a country song that says, way up yonder past the traffic light, there's an old country store with an old Coke sign. Like, that's how you give directions. <laughs> yep. That's, that's be not right. right. You're going to take a left. Yep. <laughs> I mean, I can't give directions here in, in, in Evansville. And I've been here, what, 13 years now? Really? Has it been 13 so, years? Damn. No, maybe 10. It's been 10 years. Yeah, 10 years. Not 13. 10. Ooh. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Excuse me. Feels anyway. like it's been 13. Feels like it's been 30. <laughs> Feels like it's been 100. Good times. In true. In true. I don't in know true. what you just said. Yeah, I don't know either. Intrude. Um, so off topic, it's okay. Dr. My story's Pe done. Okay. Dr. Pepper, your mm -hmm. favorite. They have come out with a limited edition beverage called Dr. Pepper hot takes. It's spicy. Dr. Pepper. No, no. Spicy. No, no. Spicy. Dr. Pepper. No. I don't know. Like they didn't say what's in it because you know, there are 23 it flavored ingredients is highly proprietary. Mm -hmm. um, but apparently they added one more. So now it's 24 ingredients. And I'm pretty sure one of it is like habanero. No, excuse me. It's, doc it, it's a Dr. Pepper. So no. they added peppers. No, I will not be trying this. N neither will I. It's quite, quite, quite disgusting. That's quite stupid. 
just I know. saw an advertisement for that and I was just like, no. <laughs> and apparently the only way you can get get it is if you are a Dr. Pepper insider. Okay, well, all of those people can have it because I don't want it. Yeah. Just like, first of all, what are you doing with your life that you're a Dr. Pepper insider? Right? Exactly. I mean, okay, don't get me wrong. I do have the Target Circle app. I use that. And I do have a few other shopping apps on my phone. But I am not going to download a Dr. Pepper app and be a Dr. Pepper insider. Right? I don't care that much about Dr. Pepper. I'll drink root beer for the rest of my life. (laughs) Don't care. Like, I saw that and I was just like, mm, not so good. Yeah, no. All right. Well, good time, Ted, by all. I'm glad they survived. Yeah. I'm they sure survived. They're... I would not have. No, not even Especially a little bit. Especially falling out of a plane. No. No, no. Nope. Not at all. I'm good. All right. Thanks. Well, let's wrap this up and throw on a bow. Uh... Did you just have a stroke? My brain just, like, I was sitting here staring at this, and I was like, words. Those are words. (laughs) I need to read those words. (laughs) Okay, take out the middleman and just go ahead and read them. (laughs) I know. I'm just, I'm I'm looking at them going, I've said these words several times. Why can't I say that? Why are they not? I'm supposed to be talking right now. Why am I not wording? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. So, thank you for joining us today in the rabbit hole. Hop in next week where we tumble down again. If you want, you can follow us on Instagram to see what stories are coming up. Our name is Like Rabbit Holes. If you have a topic that you want us to research, email us, likerabbitholes at gmail.com. Whatever podcast player you listen to us on, please drop a review or star rating. Always remember to have a wonderful morning, night, or afternoon. Take care of yourself and take care of each other. Do, 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 do.